How much will DJ Moore help elevate Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears? We talk about that. Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints, the Aaron Rodgers to the Jets rumors, and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, your daily NFL podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker, here on Monday. We are here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for tuning in with us, making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And we're back here, the legal tampering period for NFL free agency. It felt like it's just creeped up on us here. It starts today on Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So while moves officially can't be made until Wednesday, a couple of days from now, we'll start to hear a bit about agreements from teams and players. And today we're going to be talking a bit about what happened over the course of this past week and how it works now is so much happens. Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Dolphins for a third round pick and Hunter Long. I think that was a steal of a deal for the Dolphins. They're looking good. But today here, we're going to be talking about some quarterback situations and also talk about what the Bears did for their quarterback in trading the number one overall pick for DJ Moore and a bunch of other assets. So we'll talk with Lauren Cox in the first segment about how much DJ Moore actually elevates Justin Fields in that Bears offense. Then in the second segment, we'll move on and talk about the Saints with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints as we'll dive into Derek Carr and how much he elevates that Saints offense, especially Chris Olave. And then finally, we'll talk with John Butchko of Locked On Jets about there was Aaron Rodgers in the Jets rumors, which have been on again, off again. So we'll talk about John about how real those rumors are. So without any further ado here, let's now dive in to our first segment with Lauren Cox of Locked On Bears. The Chicago Bears making a splash during the course of the last week sending the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers and getting back an absolute haul in return. They get the number nine overall pick of first two seconds and DJ Moore, pure number one wide receiver. And here to talk about that with me is Lauren Cox, the host over at Locked On Bears. And Lauren, it felt like this pick was on the move. It felt like it was going somewhere. I know Carolina was one of those teams that maybe could have been a suitor and that's who it ended up being. Now the Panthers get their quarterback and the Bears get the build around theirs in Justin Fields. What were your initial reactions when this deal went down? Because me personally, Lauren, I think this is a haul for Chicago. Yeah, we heard coming out of the combine, the Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, he did this media blitz all of a sudden where he's talking to Peter King and he's talking to Albert Breer and he's like, yeah, we're talking to a few teams. We're looking at getting two future first round picks. Like they were sprinkling out a lot of these details to push other teams to kind of step up their offers. And I think that's where this ended up with Carolina, that the Bears get the 2025 second round pick and DJ Moore. You know, we knew they'd get a first round, an extra first round pick next year and probably a second round pick this year. And then it was what else from all these other teams can they get beyond that? We, we thought it might be just another first and that might be it. You know, a second this year and two future firsts. Bears fans would have been happy with that, but the Bears are able to go out and get a wide receiver in DJ Moore that I think really brings this whole trade together because maybe it's not a future first, but you still get that extra future second. And DJ Moore offers a number one receiver for the Bears in a time when they're not going to be able to get one in free agency. And there are certainly options in the NFL draft, but this is a plug-and-play 1,000-yard receiver who's still 25, about to be 26 years old and on a very affordable contract. Like, they got 
pretty much all the draft picks they wanted and a number one receiver. Like it doesn't get much better than that for Bears fans. No, and the Bears take the route that a lot of NFL teams have been taking over the past couple of years, which is getting their young rookie quarterback or quarterback on a rookie deal, a number one wide receiver. We saw it with A.J. Brown for Jalen Hurts and Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen and Hopkins for Kyler Murray. You now get D.J. Moore there in Chicago for a in a rookie quarterback who's on the rookie deal. Fields is not a rookie. The contract is that rookie contract. But what does D.J. Moore do for this offense, Lauren? Because the, the receiver class is not very strong free agency-wise. This offseason, and I think DJ Moore, you mentioned it, a plug-and-play guy. You know he's proven. He's proven it in Carolina. How much does this help Justin Fields? Oh, it's it's astronomical. I mean, the, the, the kind of ripple effect that this has on the wide receiving core is, is so strong, too, because, like, there's a lot to like about Darnell Mooney. He's been he's been a, a, high exci- a high-end caliber, exciting wide receiver. Never, like, a true number one type, but a guy who can get open, who's got some speed and can win downfield. And that's great to have, but it's not great when – that is your number one go-to option. And you have Chase Claypool, who the Bears traded their high second-round pick for during the season, who has been very slow to acclimate to Chicago, and the Bears are trying to be patient with that. But all of a sudden, it takes so much pressure off of both of those guys that instead of them trying to be your one and two, they're your two and three, and that defenses can will end up paying a little less attention to them than DJ Moore. You know, coverages are not going to be shifted to their side. They're not going to see as many you know double teams or extra attention from coverage so that those guys can now be better players and, and can be as good as, as they as, to, can fulfill their potential as good as they can be in this offense. They're both also upcoming free agents after next season. So they're in line for whatever their next contracts are going to be. And this will be a great way to really see what Justin Fields can do with the receivers, but also what the other receivers can do with, with a real number one in DJ Moore. That's really going to just be that go-to guy in those key third down situations. It's third and six. You got to have it. Where can Justin Fields go? He's got that with DJ Moore now. Right. And I think the best part of this, or at least one of the good parts, is the fact that moving down from one to nine, it is a drop, but it's not that it's not like you're moving into the 20s with this deal. You still get an opportunity in a top 10 player in this class. And obviously the Bears board is going to look how it looks with the knees that they have. But where do you think the Bears go now with DJ Moore in this offense with the needs? You know, Chicago has this offseason. Now, a lot of people are talking about the lines, both offensive and defenses for Chicago. Where do you think they go with it? And do you have any prospects in mind? Yeah, I think a lot of Bears fans still want to see Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith Najiba just because he was Justin Fields' college teammate. But I, I think at this point, given the DJ Moore trade and how much they like Mooney and Claypool still, like as much as you can never have too many good wide receivers, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they traded down to nine with the intention of taking a wide receiver. Never say never, but probably not. For me, the dream would be Jalen Carter falling all the way to nine after his arrest warrant and the really tragic situation that happened down there. Still a, very talented football player, but some real questions that, that need to be dug into and answered there. But I would I would be shocked if it wasn't some sort of defensive lineman pass rusher at this stage, only because as we get into free agency here, I'm expecting them to fill their major offensive line holes to where you could still draft one because, again, can never have too much depth on the offensive line. The Eagles taught us that over the last couple seasons to support your young quarterback. But you can also have you can also never have too many pass rushers. And whether it's an interior defensive lineman like Jalen Carter or Kalijah Kansi from Pittsburgh or it's an edge rusher, you hope Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is there. But that seems unlikely. So maybe Lucas Van Ness from Iowa or maybe Miles Murphy from Clemson or Nolan Smith from Georgia. I mean, there's there's some different options there that I think the Bears can sit back and say best best defensive player available as long as it's not like a a safety, I think they'll be pretty happy to take whatever they can get. 
Right. And you mentioned free agency, obviously the legal tampering period opening up here today on Monday and the bears, they do have those needs along the offensive line. Do you have any potential free agents that you could look to for Chicago to use some of their cap space on? Cause we do know, even despite the bears bringing in DJ Moore in that contract, they still have room to work with. Yeah. All eyes are on the right tackle position. It sounds like, you know, the sort of the, the tea leaves are Mike McGlinchey from the 49ers this is kind of where things it seemed to be trending in the tampering before the legal tampering discussions, but a lot of Bears fans really like Juwan Taylor from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Personally, I don't see him as as good of a scheme fit in that way. Caleb McGarry from the Falcons is another one at right tackle. That kind of one of those three, McGlinchey, Taylor, McGarry, seems to be where Bears fans are most interested in. I'm not I'm not willing to pay Orlando Brown top money at left tackle. I don't think he's quite worth top money at left tackle, but don't be surprised if the Bears double dip with you know a defensive end and a defensive tackle, maybe a top linebacker in there too to replace Roquan Smith. And the Bears even mentioned cornerback as a possibility of something they might look to upgrade that position. But you know, Draymond Jones on the defensive line, Javon Hargrave is kind of the, the head of the class there who's but he's a, he's 30 years old. He's a little bit on the older side for a young ascending Bears team that might push for the playoffs this year, maybe, but certainly not going to be pushing for the Super Bowl or anything this year. So I think they want to go younger with some of these ascending players that are still entering their prime. And a guy like Draymond Jones would fit the bill on the defensive line. The Bears have plenty of decisions to make definitely this offseason, but they did make the key one in trading the number one overall pick and for more on Lauren's work. And of course, the Bears, be sure to check out the Locked On Bears podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day but the content is not done here so a lot to talk about on locked on nfl next we'll be diving into our conversation with ross jackson of locked on saints about Derek carr in that partnership in new orleans so be sure to stay tuned still a ton to dive into on the show but first this episode is brought to you by ultimate football gm and you've heard me talk about this mobile game app and if you ever thought you'd make a good gm you gotta give this game a try it's really not as easy as you might think it could be to actually create a dynasty when you play ultimate football gm you get control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory through trying to build a historic dynasty and this game has a lot of intriguing things you can do to make your dynasty a real one you have all the power here so you can make good decisions you can make bad decisions and they can have pretty big consequences on your franchise here and for i know the ravens who are the team i cover for locked on ravens with lamar jackson situation you got to have a franchise quarterback in this league and in this game also football gm it's easy to get one, but can you actually keep that quarterback on a contract? And it's really easy to play as well. They have a bunch of interactive tools in the game, so highly recommended on my end. And with Ultimate Football Gem, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries, and also terms. You can navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft injuries, and also you get player personnel issues and all the ups and downs of a season. And all of a sudden, a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football Jam is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to locked on nfl is getting a 100 free boost of their franchise using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store that's locked on in all caps so make sure to check it out today download the games visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today we return here it's our second segment of locked on nfl here on monday kevin ostriker still here with you we got into our conversation about the bears with lauren cox of locked on bears now they traded that number one overall pick for a whole of assets but now we're going to be talking with ross jackson of locked on saints about Derek carr the new quarterback there in new orleans how he fits in with the offense how he can help some of their skill position players let's dive into that conversation now (music) 
Well, the New Orleans Saints get their quarterback of at least the near future in Derek Carr. And here to talk about that with me is Ross Jackson, the host over at Locked On Saints. And Ross, it felt like the Derek Carr Saints marriage was going to happen. And officially it became official. You heard the introductory press conference from Derek Carr, talked about his journey to New Orleans. I mean, how do you like the fit? based off what Derek Carr can bring this New Orleans offense. Yeah, I think it's an excellent fit. You look at where it is, the New Orleans Saints offense has been successful in the recent past, and I know that there's an asterisk there for 2022 because 2022 was such a struggle, but... You know, you look at where they're most successful inherently, short, intermediate area. That's where Derek Carr is also very successful, although he can push the ball downfield as well. Over uh, nine yards uh, of, you know, uh, average depth of target last year, tied for fourth place in the NFL, a place where we usually saw him in those John Gruden offenses those couple of years at the bottom of the NFL. So, you know, him being super strong in that area, him making the right decisions when given good opportunities, which didn't necessarily happen in that Josh McDaniels offense, but in New Orleans should take place for him always kind of having the dump off available to Alvin Kamara or whoever's going to be in the backfield for the New Orleans Saints big tight ends over the middle they retain their big target and Juwan Johnson they're trying to get Michael Thomas to stick around so I think his ability as a game manager and his sort of you know heat map in terms of ball distribution complements what the New Orleans Saints do and I also think too that because this New Orleans Saints defense is so good or has been so good we'll see they have some big time turnover uh, going on here in 2023 but if they maintain their high level of play his in-game success as being the guy uh, that leads fourth quarter comeback since he was drafted really complements what kind of you know low scoring games that defense can force uh, going into 2023 as well yeah and I think a lot of what Derek Carr brings you is what you want and I know there was a lot of conversations about the quarter position last year in New Orleans with Jameis Winston and with Andy Dalton obviously mm-hmm. I think Derek Carr represents a clear upgrade in, in that aspect but then you have the contract Ross four years 150 100 million in total guarantees when you saw those numbers drop did you think it was an overpay you think it was an underpay just right what were your thoughts on that deal? I thought it was just right. $37.5 million at the time put him at ninth amongst all quarterbacks going into 2023. Daniel Jones then got his deal. Eventually, Lamar Jackson, of course, will get his deal. That'll drop him to 11th. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, they're all going to get their deals. So he'll eventually land right around the middle of the pack. But you mentioned that guaranteed number. I like looking at the guarantee structure of contracts as opposed to just the overall average annual value. So while the overall average annual value is 37 and a half that guarantee structure of 100 million dollars gets paid out over the course of basically three years saints have an out in that contract after 2025 so they have a little bit of an exit ramp there that puts it at more of like a 33.3 repeating million dollar contract per year and that feels like that befits where Derek carr uh, should be and can be with the new orleans saints Right, and this is just the business of being a quarterback at the NFL mm-hmm. level, where these contracts, they're going to go up every single season, especially with, you mentioned the guys like Lamar yep. and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. But what about the other quarterbacks who did play for New Orleans? I mentioned Jameis Winston. I mentioned Andy Dalton. There were some reports coming out about Jameis Winston potentially having until Wednesday, I believe, that the day That's was, correct. to accept an offer from the Saints to come back. But then the question is, is he, is he willing to be a backup? Is he willing to take that deal? Andy Dalton, a free agent. How do you envision the quarterback room behind Derek Carr looking this year? 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those two quarterbacks back in 2023, even though Jameis Winston has the reported deal on the table. It still wouldn't surprise me if it was actually Andy Dalton that sticks around. I don't know why Jameis Winston would take a pay cut to stick around in New Orleans and save the New Orleans Saints effectively some salary cap space. That's kind of what they're doing here. Hey, save us a little bit of salary cap space. We'll make sure you're on the roster kind of you know situation. But look, the Saints, uh, they passed on... Jameis Winston during the offseason until they couldn't get Deshaun Watson. Then they passed on Jameis Winston three games into the season and beyond when Andy Dalton brought the quote calming presence to the team, uh, which included, you know, three interceptions in the first half against the Arizona Cardinals. And to be fair, one of those wasn't his fault. And in this offseason, they effectively pass over Jameis Winston again and bring in Derek Carr. And I don't blame them for that decision in particular, or any of those decisions in particular, but I don't know why Jameis Winston sees that and goes, yeah, I'll, I'll go back there. I'll save them some money and do them a favor. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's Andy Dalton back in New Orleans in 2023 to kind of be the backup again, sort of serve the role that he was expected to serve in 2022, keeps him close to where he wants to be with Fort Worth, Texas, not very far away, all of that. Uh, and then maybe the Saints going for maybe a, a younger quarterback that they can roster on the practice squad or something like that, unless we get that sort of uh, rosterable third quarterback Brock Purdy rule, if you will, through after the uh, owners meeting later on this month. Yeah. And for Derek Carr, Ross, he, he had no shortage of weapons in Oakland slash Las right. Vegas when he was there now coming over to New Orleans, where again, he'll have no shortage of <laughs> weapons there. But what do you think this does for a guy like Chris Olave going into his second season, a very strong rookie season, having that quarterback upgrade in Derek Carr now? Yeah, I think it helps him out a lot. I think some people will look at it and they think of Chris Olave just as a deep threat. So you look at Chris Olave as a deep threat and then they think of Derek Carr as somebody that can't, that doesn't necessarily push the ball downfield, which isn't inaccurate, right? He can, but his, again, his bread and butter is a short and intermediate area. But if you look at where uh, Chris Olave made the biggest difference in 2023 I, or 2022, I believe it was only like a, he had like a 42 passer rating when targeted deep, but he had over a hundred passer rating when targeted in the intermediate area or between 10 to 19 yards of the line of scrimmage, consistently picking up first downs on third downs. Uh, you know, a, a large majority of his third down receptions converted first downs and the Saints were in a lot of third and long situations, a lot more than they wanted to be last year. And so I think that where Chris Olave impacted the game in 2022, Derek Carr can help support in 2023. Plenty to talk about with the Saints there for sure. Ross giving great insight and for more on Ross's work and the Saints, be sure to check out the Locked On Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But coming up in our final segment here on Locked On NFL, we'll be talking with John Butchko of Locked On Jets about Aaron Rodgers and how likely it is that he ends up in New York this season. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a lot to dive into on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 as bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Let's download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And for me, I'm a big Denver Nuggets guy. I'm kind of ashamed saying it right now with how badly they're playing. If you want to bet on another team to win the West... Could be your best bet here because Denver's not playing great. But if you're looking for Nicole Lugas triple doubles, that could be something to bet on on FanDuel. And they have so many more exclusive bets like the two by three, which is two three pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger pat with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your nose wet first, but up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
We are back here. It's our final segment of Locked on NFL. Kevin Ostriker, still talking with you here. Now we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, obviously. One of the best quarterbacks to ever grace a football field, but where he's going to play next year is pretty uncertain, and it seems like the Jets are one of those teams that might be the only team to be in on Aaron Rodgers right now. So we'll talk with John Butchko of Locked on Jets about where Rodgers can end up and why it could be New York. Well, the New York Jets have had somewhat of a whirlwind of an offseason with the Aaron Rodgers debate. In order to talk about that with me is John Butchko, the host over at Locked On Jets. And John, it feels like this on-again, off-again thing with Aaron Rodgers in the Jets, where it feels like right now they're the only team in the sweepstakes, but there's been nothing official Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, wait and see, tune in, find out. We'll see what happens. But how, how likely do you think this partnership is between Rodgers and the Jets actually coming true? Kevin, you said it. it's been a whirlwind of an offseason, and the offseason technically does not begin for another two days. That's the that's what it's been like uh, over the last couple of weeks for the Jets. If I had to guess, I mean, I feel like the odds are pretty good right now from a couple of standpoints. Uh, first of all, it seems like the Jets are the only team that's interested in Rodgers at the moment. And of course, that could, as you know, in the offseason, things can change dramatically. There could be a mystery team that, that pops in, but at this point, the Jets are the only team that seems engaged. You get the sense, and they haven't said anything officially, but you get the sense the Packers are ready to move on from him. So if Rodgers wants to continue playing, it seems like the Jets are might be his only option right now, which is kind of amazing to say with a quarterback, the caliber of Aaron Rodgers who had the type of career Aaron Rodgers has had. But I think there are a couple of things working for this. In addition to the Jets being the only suitor, Rodgers has a $60 million contract for this year. And it's, I don't care how much money you have. It's going to be tough. It's tough to walk away from $60 million. And beyond that, I think the Jets, I don't, I, this is a negative word and maybe you could take it negatively. I think the Jets are desperate to get Aaron Rodgers. I think the, the owner has become engaged. I think the owner desperately wants Aaron Rodgers. And I think the Jets are going to do whatever it takes to accommodate Aaron Rodgers. And I think that means, you know, if Aaron Rodgers wants certain players signed, it could be like one of those situations with in the NBA where, Certain star player wants to sign some of his friends and the team's going to be willing to accommodate him. Jets have already hired Nathaniel Hackett, a coach who has a very close relationship with Rodgers as their offensive coordinator, in part to try and land him. And I was actually critical of the Jets for doing this at the time they they made the hire because this is pretty much what Denver tried last year and it did not work out for them. It may work out a little bit better for the Jets, but I think the Jets, beyond that, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you want to continue playing, are you going to walk away from $60 million when you have a team that's literally doing willing to do anything to get you? It's I, I'm very hesitant to try and put myself into Aaron Rodgers' mind because, as we know, Aaron Rodgers has been, let's say, unpredictable the last couple of years. But it seems to me like this is likely to happen. At, uh, when it's going to happen, I don't know whether it's going to be today. I don't know whether it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know what's going to be a couple months from now. You know, Aaron Rodgers has pretty much the ball in his court. But just looking at the elements that are here, and I'm surprised because at the beginning of the offseason, I would have told you this seemed unlikely for a number of reasons. But the closer we get to the beginning of the offseason, the more it seems like this is a real, this is a realistic possibility and perhaps the only possibility for Rodgers if he wants to continue playing. Yeah, and you make a fair point. And I know, John, we talked during the season in 2022 about how, you know, if the Jets could just get that quarterback, they have the defense, they have the skill position players, but the quarterback's been that question mark for them. I mean, how much of an upgrade, obviously, from Wilson to Rodgers, it's massive, but does this catapult them into the true contender category if it happens? I hate to be negative. I'm not sure, though. I think that, you know, they may be 
a year or two away. And the other aspect of this is Aaron Rodgers had probably the worst season of his career last year. And, you know, you can say it was because he was playing hurt. Uh, so that may have factored into it. You know, it, it's very playing with an injury to his throwing hand. I mean, that's, uh, you know, when you play the quarterback position, that's obviously going to impact you. The Packers also lost Devontae Adams and they really, they had one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL, but at the same time, he is approach, you know, he's going to be 40. Um, I think, I feel like Tom Brady's kind of distorted our view of what a realistic aging curve is for a quarterback. You know, Brady's Brady. There's only one of him, but you look across the league, other guys as they approach 40, whether you're talking Peyton Manning in recent years, whether you're talking uh, Drew Brees, you know, Matt Ryan, now outside of, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's not on the level of Aaron Rodgers, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think that there are some questions. I think there are more question marks than the Jets, and a lot of Jets fans would be willing to admit. I mean, look, I can see the benefits of the deal. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's an immortal quarterback, a guy who's had a phenomenal career. And there's you could obviously make the case that last year was kind of an anomaly for the reasons I mentioned, the injury and the the bad, you know, the, the supporting cast, you know, especially at the receiver position that was pretty shaky. But I do think that there are there are questions to this, and you also have to consider the price. Now, there have been all kinds of rumors about the, what the price is going to be. It sounds like the Jets are going to give up at least one early pick. You know, it could be a day two pick, but there sounds like they're giving up at least one, maybe two. And there is that sixty million dollar price tag, and I think there's a question of how much Green Bay's, how much of that Green Bay is going to eat because Rodgers is the most expensive player in the NFL. You know, the, that could change over the next couple of days as we approach free agency, but he's going to be the most expensive player in the NFL as things stand right now in 2023 and that's again a 40 year old quarterback who you know may be he's shown some circumstantial evidence at least that he might be in decline and also i feel like you mentioned the early pick potentially go into the packers there they don't need a zach wilson because they have jordan love over there so it feels like wilson wouldn't be a part of that deal regardless so what would the wilson factor in this be you mentioned the age with rogers you know coming up to 40 years old here do you keep Wilson behind Rodgers? Is that something Wilson would want to do? Or do you try to move him in a separate deal? And once Rodgers would leave, kind of reset that position. So one thing to know is that Zach Wilson idolized Aaron Rodgers when he was a kid. And actually much was made about it this year when the Jets played the Packers. Also last year, they played a preseason game. And there was a lot of talk about how Aaron Rodgers was Zach Wilson's hero. So in a way, this actually might be the easiest situation for Zach Wilson to deal with because yeah, he's being benched, but he's going to be play behind a guy who was his boyhood hero. I think he, he may, that might be a little bit easier than Zach Wilson playing behind somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Jacoby Brissett. Um, there's this also this theory out there that you know Rogers is going to mentor Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is going to come back strong in two years. I, I don't know that I buy that. I mean, I think Zach Wilson's got a really long way to go, and I, I I think that the quarterback mentor thing can be can be overrated at times. I mean, I think on some level you either have to perform or you can't and i'll give you an example of that you know, josh mccown was a guy who played with the jets who by all accounts is about the greatest mentor a young quarterback could have but you look at the list of young quarterbacks he's he's played he's played with i mean it's not exactly a great group i i feel like if you're the jets i mean the second overall pick from 2021 is a sunk cost so i know you've invested a lot in wilson the way i view it is you know most of the time you're going to have a developmental quarterback on your team he's got raw physical tools He's, you know, needs a lot of work. I feel like maybe that's what Zach Wilson's role is. He's a depth quarterback right now, and you hope maybe he turns into something. But I feel like that's not something you count on. I feel like right. that's – I've heard this – the reason I say this, I've heard this theory that, you know, Roger, we're going to get Rodgers for two years and then Zach Wilson's back in the lineup. 
Zach Wilson needs to prove himself at this point before that's even a consideration on the table. Big shout out to John for hopping on with me, talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And for more on John's work and, of course, the Aaron Rodgers dilemma, be sure to check out the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, but that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. When we get back here tomorrow, it is more NFL content with your Tuesday hosts. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.